and we back. Hey, hey, huh, hey, huh, hey, huh, hey, huh, hey, huh, okay, hey, huh. So let's jump back in it. I haven't reached out in a minute. Tell me what's good, how you feeling? We about to make a million. No, I ain't forget about the rollies. All my homies getting eight percent. Hey, what's up, Joey? What's up, Ryan? And welcome, everyone, to another episode of The Nosebleeds. This one's a little unique, but we're going to make it work no matter what. So, Ryan, how are you doing today? Haven't seen you in a little bit. Uh, I'm doing I'm doing all right, Joe. You know, just had a good little trip back home to California to see my mom, surprise her for her birthday. Um, she was surprised. Right now I'm quarantining until I get my negative test. So that's why we're doing this virtually, Joey. You know, got to stay safe. Got to keep my roommate safe. That's love right there. That's love right there. And also, speaking of love, Ryan, I, I don't think we gave you a shout-out like you deserved on the last show, if I have my timeline correct here. But Ryan will be in Massachusetts this summer. That's right, folks. You heard it. He's got, He's done with the draw. He's a Massachusetts kid now. Thank, congratulations, yep. congratulations, Ryan, on the Toyota internship this summer. Thanks, Joey. I'm, I'm real excited. I'm getting some more information about it today, looking at apartments. Might be living with one of our old uh, guests, Creighton Dorfman. Uh, but we'll see how it is. You and me living in masks could be pretty fun seeing each other, huh? Yeah, host of Crady's Corner, Creighton Dorfman, that is. And and yeah, definitely, Ryan. It should be a, a crazy summer. Summer's gonna be a movie, as the kids say, if all if all goes to yeah, plan. As the kids so, say. So yeah, I mean yeah, I'm excited going on in our lives. And I guess, Ryan, maybe now is a good time to announce as well. We didn't really talk about this much beforehand, but this will be the final season of the nosebleeds on WECB. After that, we will be transitioning to a podcast uh, all the time just because we'll be living off campus next year and assuming WECB will be back running fully in the studio and all that kind of stuff it'll just be a lot we'll have a lot going on so probably not the best idea for us but we're still going to be pumping out that content just from the 22 Wadsworth Street that that's where it's going to be broadcasting from yeah and maybe maybe for our last episode on WECB we could pull in some old uh nosebleeds people to be continued that's a little the plan. sneak peek into that. No conversations have been had regarding that so far, <laughs> but that's the the working plan for sure. And, and I'd be surprised if we couldn't make something happen. Maybe not yeah. live on air, but we'll definitely have have some something cool going on there. But again, that's a, right. at least a few weeks out. Thankfully, we've got a few more shows here on WECB. But like I said, after that, the nosebleeds will not go away. It just will have a new home permanently as a podcast, which I think we're both pretty excited for, Ryan. I think it went great over the summer. I think obviously right now it's a bit of a throwback to those days. So yeah, I'm very excited to get back to that when the time comes. Yeah, me too, Joey. We we always have fun when we do this stuff. Oh, yeah. How, how can you? How can you with two guys <laughs> like us? <laughs> but with that, we'll just get right into it and we'll start it as we always have with the hangover. And Ryan, a good amount to talk about today, but I think the key thing, we all know what Mar- what uh, month it is here. It's March. And you know what that means? March Madness, as yesterday was Selection Sunday. I've already filled out one bracket, Ryan. How many have you pumped out? I pumped out three, Joey. Three, um, okay. Yeah, I'd like to think of myself as the college basketball aficionado in the suite. I, I watch a lot of college basketball. Oh, we, we know you like to think of yourself as that, Ryan, but I guess the next couple of weeks are really going to prove if it's true or not. Am I wrong? All right. Well, no, you're not wrong. You're, you're going to see by my bracket. We can talk about it a little bit. We can touch on few upsets we have here or there but all i'm gonna say is last time i had a competition with uh jack and pierce see you the best bracket i won overwhelmingly in 2019 the last march madness so I'm, I'm liking my and that's when i barely even watched this time i've been watching almost every single game i could possibly watch big 10 big 12 acc big east 
Gonzaga. I guess, I guess then before we get too much further, don't you think that a huge element of these brackets, though, is just luck? And and yeah. even if you've been watching more than you ever have, that it still could just come down to, to bad luck in the end, if nothing else? Yeah, I think it's definitely can come down to bad luck. But you also see in some of these seeds that I'm looking at right now that some teams are seeded a little bit too high, not taking into account their injuries. Some seeds are seeded a bit too low due to their, um, the difficulty of their schedule. And there's some teams that a lot of people don't talk about, like I'll just throw UC Santa Barbara out there. I <laughs> I I have an upset in the first round. UC Santa Barbara 12 seed beating Creighton. Like things I, that's like that. That's not outrageous. That's a 12 over a five. You get at least one of those every year. Take what was the last time UC Santa Barbara was in the tournament? Okay, I, I don't know about that specifically, exactly. but exactly. I'm, I look at all the 12 seeds here? in this. I can talk myself into any one of these 12 seeds, to be honest with you. I couldn't, I couldn't talk myself into only only two of them. You're right, two of the four. Which ones? Let's let's just start George. with the 12 seeds. That's a good way to start off any March Madness <laughs> conversation, isn't it, with the 12 seeds? So I, what, see, I have Georgetown like? beating Colorado. I don't really believe in Colorado. I don't care that they won the Pac-12 tournament. They got kind of lucky. Um, did, George, did Georgetown win the whatever conference they're in completely out of skill? Big East? No. Yeah. Villanova, UConn, and I believe... What did I just say? Seton Hall. Uh, did Seton Hall make it? No, Seton Hall didn't make it. No, must have got. Yeah, no, that that was kind of disappointing for me. But uh, what did I say? Villanova, UConn, and Creighton, and I think Georgetown was the fourth one. And Georgetown's been playing real well lately. Went on a little mini run in the Big East, had an upset, and um, I don't know. I can see Georgetown definitely beating Colorado. That's and then I have in one of my brackets, I have Creighton losing to UCSB as well. So since well, we let's talk about let's talk about the other two twelves because Winthrop. One loss coming into the tourney. One loss. And I right. know, I know, I get it. Competition level, whatever. But they, they got winners on that team. That's they what do. I'm seeing in Winthrop. I'm seeing guys who don't even know what it feels like to lose. So so I'm I'm not rolling them out, especially Villanova. You lose Gillespie for the year. You, right. you may be a little vulnerable there. Again, only a five seed, though. I, I think that's pretty appropriate for them, given the loss Agreed. of Gillespie. Um, but, but nonetheless, I think they're a little bit more exposed. But, Brian, how about them Beavers? How about them Beavers from O-State? Oh, Oregon stop. Tennessee's way too good. I've got a – I'm looking at my one and only bracket I filled out so far, Ryan, and my bold pick, Beavers to the Elite Eight. Stop it. Stop it. If they – stop it, Joey. And Ryan, just do the math there. Do the math there. Look at your bracket and tell me tell me how All that right. plays out. Just Hypothetically so you know. speaking, Oregon State beats Tennessee. They're playing Oklahoma State next. Oklahoma State's been on an absolute tear, made the Big 12 <laughs> Conference Championship. Oklahoma you got to think for State. Oklahoma State, huh? What? You got to think for Oklahoma State, don't you? Yeah, I've been telling people <laughs> this is a sleeper team. They're just in a really good conference. They started off this year real slow. Cade Cunningham coming out first overall draft pick next year, most likely. I'm sorry. Wait, I misspoke a little bit, though. I have Oregon State only going to Sweet 16. I have them losing to Illinois in the Sweet 16. I should make that very clear before we go any further. That's no, where I think if, the, if the, they the do upset Tennessee, which I don't see happening, they're not being Oklahoma State. That's that's it. All right. I, mean, I guess State. we'll I guess we'll see. Oklahoma but... State's got some killers. All right. I'm Oklahoma State making the final four in one of my brackets. I don't, I don't think that's crazy either. It's it's out of love for the game that we're doing this, Ryan. So it's yeah. you know I I I'm not gonna tell you you're wrong. I think we'll just we'll let it play itself out. But sure. I guess moving from the 12 seeds, maybe let's go to the one seeds. Does that sound <laughs> like a good plan to you? Yeah, that sounds like a good plan. You you like the one seeds? Got any problem with the four ones that ended up with them? Uh, no, I don't have any problems with them. The only one was, I wondered if Illinois, Illinois had to win the big 12 championship to, uh, 
Oh, no, I mean, my bad. The Big Ten to get the number one seed, and that's exactly what they did, so I'm glad they got that nod. Surprise, Michigan kind of fell off towards the end of the year. So that's they also played well all year to get that number one. Gonzaga undisputed and Baylor undisputed as well. Um, I think Michigan, worst... I think it's the only one that's really been called into question because of Which one? Isaiah Livers, Michigan, right? Because right. Isaiah Livers goes down a key component of that team, obviously. And yeah. I think that for a lot of people are seen as a weaker number one seed because of that. Do you see it that way? Or do you think they're just as strong as they would have been with Livers? No, they're definitely not as strong as they would have been. And I think that could cause quote an upset. Um, this is the first time Michigan's been number one seed. I bet everyone's seen it since the Fab Five with Juwan Howard coaching. And I think they they have a really good thing going on over there in Michigan, playing real I'm looking, well. I'm looking at mine, and I've got Florida State taking them down in the Sweet 16. Um, he, which I don't think it's crazy. And then that's I've got, not crazy at all, but I think the ACC was kind of pumped up this year. I think Florida State's not as good as their resume. Fair, fair. But then I, I do have Alabama taking them down. Alabama representing Alabama, that, that yep. east part of the bracket in the Final Four. Joey, if Alabama beats UConn, which I'm not sure if they will, yeah, UConn sleeper team. Trust me. Who isn't big. a sleeper team? Who isn't? Yeah. Like, I would say, like, Illinois. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I, I would say Illinois, Baylor, Gonzaga aren't sleepers. Iowa's not a sleeper. Right, Kansas right. isn't a sleeper. Well, Ryan, just tell me your final four. You pick, pick your favorite bracket. Tell me the final four. Who ends up in the championship? Who wins in the final score? I'm looking over my other one right now. Hold on. All right. Uh, The one... Okay, I'll do the first one I did. This is the one we have a group together, Joey. Okay, so I have Iowa and Michigan on the left, and then Baylor and Illinois on the right. So nothing crazy. I just have Iowa being Gonzaga and the Elite Eight. So one two seed and three one seeds. Yeah, but Joey, it's it's the process of how they get there. All right. In my other bracket, in my other bracket, hold on, I'm just going to tell you my other one. No, to be honest with you, if I laugh at any of this, it's laughing at the process of filling out a bracket way more than laughing at your bracket. Yeah, that's fair. But my other one, I have Gonzaga and Michigan on the left. And then I have Ohio State and Oklahoma State on the right. And I have Gonzaga and Oklahoma State playing in the national championship. So right. I, I think the only – let's go back to the northeast, the, I mean the south, the top right one, Joey. Mm-hmm. The only issue I see with Baylor not making the national tournament is they do not have any size. They have the three – like the best – they play with three guards. They don't play with any small forwards. And then like two power forwards. They don't play at the center. And I think when they play Purdue, Purdue – could kill them on the boards. And I think Baylor might have an issue if Purdue gets all the way to the Sweet 16. Then Purdue, Ohio State, I think Ohio State handles them. So I see a real good path for Ohio State to get to the Final Four. Yeah, and initially I had Purdue taking down Baylor, not for all the reasons you said, because I just felt like it. Um, and I think another thing, obviously you you know a lot more about the college basketball landscape than me. But mm-hmm. when I'm looking at it, the South bracket was by far the least intriguing of the uh, the four corners, to me at least. Uh, are you yeah. there? Because at least I'm looking Midwest, and from what I know, I know Kate Cunningham, Oklahoma State. I know Illinois is having the best year that they've had in a long time. I know Houston, same kind of thing. Again, East Bracket, Michigan, one seed, like you said, for the first time since Fab Five. Alabama is becoming a basketball school. Who would have saw that coming? And in the, in the West there, Gonzaga's undefeated. Whereas in the South, I see Baylor, a pretty consistently good team, Ohio State. Again, maybe not as consistently great of a program as they once were, but still in the mix a lot. There's just right. not a lot there. Villanova, you got the injury to Gillespie, like I said. So so well, which bracket or corner of the bracket kind of lacks in your opinion? Sam one? I would have to say South for sure. Um, if Gillespie wasn't hurt, I would be really excited because I, I like watching Villanova a lot. 
Texas Tech, don't sleep on them either. I know they're a sixth seed, but you got Mac McLong out there, and oh, I forget their other guard's name. It's pretty good. Texas Tech, really good defense, very bad offense. The one thing I will say about the East, Joey, unless you, we can keep talking about it or we can move on. The one thing I will say about the East bracket, the bottom left, is um, oh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. Rick Pitino beats Alabama first round. <laughs> Greatest coach oh, of all time. Wow. Work. Didn't even consider that aspect of this. Was it Iona? Iona. Iona yeah. yeah. Things you got to think about. Uh, I mean, it, it, it's been done before 15 over two. So yeah, it's not it's not the craziest thing in the world. It's just the implications of if Rick Pitino does pulls it off. Um that. let me I'm I'm just looking around. Is there do you have any questions? I feel like I've well well hey, um, I, I mean I know you're the expert, but can I get my final four and my my championship out there? Absolutely. All right. So so on the left side I got Gonzaga, Alabama. Okay. And on the right, I got Baylor and a team that you haven't mentioned yet, Ryan, but a team that, but we'll see where they end up. But I got West Virginia. Oh, I love the yeah. way West Virginia uh, yeah, plays. Great. Year in, year out. I think they finally – and I have seen some West Virginia, to be honest with you. I haven't seen a, a lot of many of these teams, but West Virginia I've seen play a few times. I think they finally got the talent to actually match what they do over there. Um, is it McBride? Is that the guard that they got? Number three, yeah. Yeah, I, I love I love his game. So I got West Virginia actually taking home the whole thing. Okay. And I got him taking down Gonzaga 75-68 in the final. Um, I think Gonzaga was on a magical run, and it looks like they're going to be one of the only teams to ever go undefeated all the way through. But I think West Virginia spoils it at the end there. Yeah, that's I, that's a great pick, Joey. I had West Virginia going like in one of my brackets. They go the Elite Eight or not the final. They haven't made the Final Four yet. I might make a one or two more brackets where I just throw a few more mixers in there. But I think West Virginia is a great pick. And Bob Huggins, we trust. I don't think. Uh, West Bob Huggins hasn't made it out of the Sweet 16 before, so that's also a monkey he has to get off his back. So I think if he is able to beat Houston and gets the Elite Eight, I think that would just be a big, big-time win for their program and just for his coaching psychology because that's been haunting him, I think. Yeah, and that's when you're playing with house money, I'd say. Once you take down Houston, then you're in the Elite Eight. In my opinion, it's against Illinois, but I think you could definitely say against Oklahoma State in there. And even though Oklahoma State's a four seed, West Virginia's three seed, I think a lot of people might go Oklahoma State in that one. So right. if they can get past Houston, I think you could just have that momentum rolling in your favor, which, as we've seen time and time again, is kind of what this tournament's all about. Well, yeah, one thing. I'm going to go back to the East, Joey. I'm looking at my bracket again with Michigan, and the more I think about it, the less I like it. I think Michigan – I think they're going to get to the Sweet 16 because they're that talented. But with the injury to livers and how poorly they've been playing lately, a lot of this is also about momentum, bro. You come into this tournament – you're playing well, and you're riding a high, like UConn, for example, like a Georgetown, for example. You can make some upsets. You can do some good things. And if you come into this tournament not playing well, I think it shows historically. I have no evidence to support this, but <laughs> historically, if you show, if you come to the tournament not playing well, there's probably a better chance you'll get knocked out earlier. So yeah, I mean, that 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 seems true. Uh, I, I, don't, think I don't know if we have any really... history to back that up either, but it seems totally like it checks out. Michigan has a really easy path, though, because – uh, I don't I think will say this. that great. I've been talking and Alabama's around the, good. I've been talking around the suite, and there's some rumblings that the St. Bonaventure Bonnies can make a little run here. Um, I don't know if I endorse that personally, uh, but they're a nine seed. That's got to be one of the highest seedings they've had coming out of the A-10 in their program's history. They're very hot right now. If we're talking about hot teams, they were not favored to win the A-10 coming into the year. I'm a big A-10 guy. Uh, shout out Richmond. Shout out Tyler Burton. They're taking home the NIT in a couple of weeks here. 
take her to the bank on that point. But okay. I've been following the A-10. Bonaventure's coming into the year. We're not favored to win. It was St. Louis or Richmond. Pretty much everyone said that. Instead, it's St. Bonaventure who comes out on top. So, so I, I'm just, I'm just saying, keep a, keep an eye out for them, especially if we're talking about a hobbled Michigan team in the round of 32. Right. Yeah. Well, um, I don't follow a 10, so you can be our a 10 expert. Okay. I'll take that. Um. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if they're gonna make a run. Hopefully they do. I like seeing runs. I'm gonna make a bracket with mostly just runs. And that's Woj's uh, Adrian Wojnarowski's uh, alma mater right there as well. So oh. you know he's always sending out a few tweets of support. Maybe that makes a difference in the end. I don't know. I don't. I don't want to go too far out there, but I think it's possible. Yeah. Oh, uh, one team I want to touch on real quick is USC. USC being the sixth seed, I think they're a really good team. You have Evan Mobley on their team. I think they could beat Kansas, and then they match up pretty well with Iowa too. Just want to shout them out a little bit. I did have USC going Sweet Sixteen in mine, um, but Iowa, man, I I don't know. I don't know. Seems like a strong two seed. Sometimes they are. They're pretty streaky. Luca Garza is going to give you what he gives you, but. It's all about Wise Camp is number ten, and I always forget number fifty-five's name. I, I know these guys by numbers because there's so many f- players. So Wise, I don't know. Who knows, Joe? Yeah, I won't knows? hold it against you. So okay, so if we had to pick like two of our top, t- like our top two national champions, who we think are going to win? Like I saw this crazy bet where it's like plus two hundred Gonzaga or minus two fifty the field. What would you take? Plus two hundred Gonzaga or minus two fifty the field. Oh, I'm taking the field, 100%. Uh, no matter pretty much in the history of our lifetime with college basketball, I'd probably take the field given those odds. Yeah, that's fair. Just, just saw it. I just saw it. Throw it out there. I'd probably do the same thing. Yeah. I want Gonzaga to win for my dad, but, like, I don't really, you know, I don't have a stake in it or anything, so. Yeah, I, I just think with this tournament, I mean, we've seen time and time again that too many things can can happen, good or bad, for any given team that, I'd take the field nine times out of ten, um, no matter what the odds are, to be honest with Gonz- you. Gonzaga needs to get out of the West Coast Conference because I think when they get close to the tournament, the level of competition obviously drops. But at the beginning of the year, they beat Iowa. Oh, they beat they beat a lot of good teams. They were going to play Baylor, but that team got that game got postponed because of COVID. They beat a bunch of good teams I can't think of right now, but they beat a bunch of like top ten ranked teams pretty handily. But now they haven't played teams like that in so long. I think – team like Gonzaga, I don't know how you figure it out with the conferences, but if they could somehow figure out a way to get into the Pac-12 because that's the closest conference to them, I think it would be really good for their program going forward. Just a little tidbit I thought of right now. So, Joey, are you surprised by how much college basketball I actually know about or no? I'm blown away, Joe. I'm very no, because, proud of you. Because I don't, think, I don't think you realize how tapped in I am. I think I realize. I live with you, so I think I, I, think I realize when you yeah, say. That's, that's good to hear. All right. That's good. You just got to get. You just got to get that out of Pierce, dude. Yeah. Well, Pierce historically has better, more college basketball than me, but he's not locked in like I am this year. He's also, and again, maybe he'll hear this. Probably won't, but he, he's more of a fan. Whereas I think you you pride yourself on being more in the expert vein. Yeah. Whereas I love he, he loves he loves his Villanova, but yeah. more than that, I think in Kansas he gets further. Yeah, true. But if you get further away from that, the less and less he knows, which. That's natural. That's that's the general perspective. But I think you try to keep it more well-rounded. Yeah, I, I try. I try because I don't really have any stake in this game. Like Russell Westbrook was on one of these teams. I would go crazy for them. But obviously what if he, he was. You think you think he could find a loophole? Find his way back into the tournament one more time? <laughs> if, if Russ was on like St. Bonaventure, I would pick them to win the championship 10 out of 10 times. 
I don't even think that's a crazy take, to be honest with you. He probably would be the best player in college basketball, and I would hope so at least by a pretty wide margin. Right. Kate Cunningham's great and all, but come on. Oh, Kate, yo, Kate Cunningham is a stud. And he has a really good um, surrounding cast around him. They play like he's their starting point guard, and they have a huge starting five because he's about 6'8". Something like that. Something like that. He's huge. Yeah, I mean, we can move on from college basketball. I'm just really excited. Selection Sunday was a big deal for me. Um, I'm looking around, looking around. Oh, last little upset. Where, where did I have it? Where did I have it, Joey? Oh, gosh. No I'm looking. Oh, Utah State Utah State being Texas Tech. I don't believe in Texas Tech. Even though I shouted them out real fast. I was going to say, I thought, I thought like five minutes ago we got a Texas Tech shout out. No, you, no Texas Tech, is, like I said, though, has no offense. All defense. Mac, they only rely on Mac McLung to score for them, and like that can work in some games. But as you saw in the Big Twelve, it didn't last the whole season, so that's why they got such a low seat. So, all right, that's, hey, that's all I have to say first, on March Madness for today. You heard it here first. Um, maybe if you lose money on anything we just said, doesn't come back on us. But if you win money, make sure to give us a shout out somewhere. That's for sure. Um, but with that, we'll, we'll move off from March Madness for now. I'm sure we'll keep you guys updated as the tournament goes on as to how our brackets are doing and any big upsets or anything like that that we want to touch on. But with that, we'll move into NFL free agency, Ryan, because that officially kicked off today at noon. And the team that's dominating the headlines, I hate to be that, that guy again bringing up my team, but if we talked about NFL free agency and didn't start with the New England Patriots, then we'd be doing a disservice. So, Ryan, what are your thoughts on what the Pats have done in this past five hours or so? It's very unpats like Joey. You guys are spending a lot of money, but I think it's also it's very. If I was a Pats fan, I would say it's very encouraging to see. Don't you agree? Yeah. Um. The, the first main takeaway though that I have from all of it, and I sort of thought it beforehand, but the Jalen Mills signing sort of solidified it for me. But Stephon Gilmore is probably gone, which is a bummer. But he's underpaid right now. We're gonna have to pay him a whole lot more if we even want him to, to suit up this year. And given the fact that we're shelling out money for all these other guys, it's probably not going to happen for him as well. So I think you trade him, you get a pretty good pick, probably not a first, but maybe you get a second this year, hopefully. Um, but yeah, I, I think you said it, Ryan. It's very unpatriot-like. Right. And I don't know. I've, I've seen already some people saying that this is exactly the type of thing that Belichick does to other teams, right? He, he takes these somewhat unproven guys, who had flashes of success because none of the guys that they they got today, I guess Judon has had probably the most NFL success, but a guy like right. John U. Smith, you're really just betting on the athleticism and the size translating into something more than what he's been so far, which is a pretty average tight end. Um, and generally what we've seen, as I alluded to, is Belichick take those guys, you see the flashes under him, and then another team is the one who gives them all that money, and then they go and they flame out. So right. for Belichick to be kind of doing exactly what he's gotten other teams on all this time, is a little bit concerning, but at the same time, we were sending out all this cap room for the first time in, in my lifetime, at least, where I remember we had all this money to spend, and I'm glad to see them spending it. Uh, hopefully, it's just on the right guys. Right. Yeah, I agree. Um, I don't know. I, I like didn't. I think you kind of hit the nail on the head with guys who've shown a lot of flash, and hopefully, if they get into the New England, what do you want to call it, a system that Bill Belichick will be able to get the most out of them. And that's the most you can look forward to. Also, I don't think, I don't know. I, th I thought I saw something on Twitter about like the cap hit isn't as great as like, it seems like, yeah, they're spending the most money, but it's not like you guys can't spend even more money. 
And I think, I think along the same lines, it might have been Schefter or someone pointed out that, yeah, the cap went down a lot this year. So every team has a little bit less money than they were expecting to have this year. But next year, it's going to boom again because we're going to have the money recuperated from what was lost this year, plus the natural sort of progression of the cap as it right. goes up every year. So sure, some of these look like overpays right now, but a year from now, they could look like not only like a good deal, but maybe even a bargain. So yeah. I think Belichick is definitely at least considering that and hoping that the cap goes up to an extent where next year you could be in a position again where you have even more money to spend. Yeah, I totally, I totally agree. that I, The whole cap situation, obviously we're not really experts on it, but I do think that obviously these GMs and these coaches know what they're doing. So I'm just, especially someone like Bill Belichick, he knows exactly what he's doing. I think I this is kind of moving topics. It's still on the paths, though. Do you think with signing all these guys, with si- re-signing Cam Newton, which we kind of projected last week, do you think they're going to draft a quarterback, Joey? Or do you think they're going to keep drafting skill positions or an offensive tackle? You know, I've seen people now predicting oh since they're going out there and signing all these guys now they're they're plugging all their holes but to be honest with you at least let's talk about um godshaw who's the the nose tackle that they signed because they lost adam butler and lawrence guy are both free agents so i think some of these aren't necessarily you know plugging holes so much as just getting guys in there and i know they're paying some of these guys a lot of money like judon is going to be a day one starter that's obviously the plan with a guy like him same goes for john smith but is devon godshaw just like a, a fixture in the lineup now is jalen mills a, a week one starter take it to the bank i don't know i think they're interesting options and i think the fact that they are on multi-year deals implies that they will play a role obviously to an extent but mm-hmm. i think that if you're if you're there at number 15 and you've got the best corner on the board are, are you now not taking him because you just signed jalen mills i don't think so Right. I don't think if you if we're have the number one pick, maybe it's a different discussion. But at number fifteen, just too many things can happen. And I don't think you you sit at fifteen and wait for a quarterback to fall into your lap. Definitely, yeah. I was I was curious what um you had to say on that. Yeah, but I guess we should talk about Cam at least for just a second because obviously, like you said, we we had discussed it, but I still don't know if he's locked in as the starter for next year. Whether that's a guy through the draft, whether that's, again, Jimmy G, he's the name we keep hearing if, if the Niners go in a different direction. Um, so I think I think having uh, Cam, and I'm not the first one to say it, but it's it's basically to point at free agents and say, hey, this is the guy that we might have at quarterback, worst case scenario, basically. And I do right. think it's worst case scenario at this point because he's under contract. So, um, yeah. yeah, but what do you think? What do you think about the Cam's re-signing? I mean, it makes sense for, I think, both parties. Uh, Cam Newton started playing well. Well, I saw this thing today. It was like Cam Newton had COVID. They came back and had a bad few games. And then after like two or three weeks, he started looking like a better quarterback, like a low-end starting quarterback, which is all you guys really needed. And you guys started playing some good football. Um, Cam Newton's also a special talent that like not a lot of teams can really like emulate, if that makes sense. And they can kind of throw other teams off with that. And Pat's obviously haven't really played with a quarterback like him ever. I think Cam Newton had nowhere else to go. Is he also the other end of the stick? So I think it makes sense for everybody. I'm just curious to see if you guys draft like a Mac Jones or something like that. See, I I just really don't want that. If we trade up and get somebody, maybe, or if, say, it probably won't happen. Say Mac Jones falls to the second round, and again, maybe pick up even another second rounder by trading Gilmore or something like that. Whatever it is, that's fine with me. But if it's a first rounder, our highest first rounder in a long time, and we get a quarterback when we already have Cam Newton, we get a quarterback there who we don't know if he's really going to be the guy going forward. 
I wouldn't be too excited. But Ryan, you also want to touch on the Niners here. Not really sure what the Niners have done other than re-sign oh. their fullback. So what, what else are you thinking of here? Oh, they also signed Jason Verrett. Okay, re-signed. Re-signed. Yeah, my bad. Re-signed Kyle Zuschek. Oh my God. What was a four-year deal? Maybe like five, five years, maybe? About five, five years. years? Crazy. That's crazy. He's so helpful to our that's Kyle Shanahan's office offense. First touchdown scorer in the Super Bowl against the Chiefs in 2020. Yep. I don't know. I think that was a great signing. Jason Verrett, great re-sign for one-year contract. And the only reason I want to touch on the Niners is I hope they get Trent Williams. That's the last thing we really need to get. If they're able to pull that off, I think the Niners are staged for another run if everyone stays healthy. Because I think they're rolling with Jimmy G. I don't think anyone's giving them enough. Because no one really wants Jimmy G enough to give us anything. So I think they're going to have to roll Jimmy G this season. Just see how it goes. Maybe a Gilmore for Jimmy G swap. Who says no? I say no. Dude, Nick. Well, they didn't even re-sign Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins got hurt and he elbow surgery, and they just got rid of it. So I still, I still, and I, I don't know if the Falcons care to do this, but I think Matt Ryan is got to be the Niners' Plan A at this point. Um, unless you're you're trying to go all in for Deshaun or something, but I don't know about that. But I think. If I'm the Niners, I'm keeping a close eye on what Atlanta's going to do at number four because if they want Justin Fields or someone else and they want to start him week one, Matt uh-huh. Ryan's got to be the guy that that the Niners are looking for given the connection with Shanahan. Yeah, definitely. I just don't think the Falcons will do that. I think the Falcons will roll with Matt Ryan and sit Justin Fields. Let's say that happens. They'll probably roll out something like that. I would but, think so too, but we've seen such a trend recently of sending those guys out there, maybe not week one, but by week four or five or whatever it is. So is that really worth it for the Falcons then to hold on to Ryan if they know that by the end of the year he's not going to be the guy, especially when he's still really good, which is the thing that yeah. I think gets kind of swept under the rug. It's just the fact that the Falcons are picking number four and how many times, if you're successful, do you really want to hope that you're picking number four in the next few years? So with an opportunity to get a guy like Justin Fields, it's, it's pretty hard to pass up. Uh, I totally have to. I'd have to totally agree, Joey. But also, you've seen the Justin Fields draft stock has dropped a lot. But now it's sort of trending back because for a little bit there, some people were suggesting he could fall to the Pats at number fifteen. But now it seems like he's pretty firmly in that top five discussion again. Yeah, people were talking about how he's gonna might fall to the Niners. What was it? Uh, What are the Niners like? Twelve something? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm glad his draft stock has gone back up. He's. He's more of like a – he's not a physical specimen. He's not like a Trey Lance or Trevor Lawrence or has the arm of Zach Wilson, but, like, he seems like an athlete that can do stuff in a winner. Yeah, I don't know, I, like a Deshaun, Deshaun Watson type, except a little bit smaller. Yeah, I, I don't doubt it. Um, I, I always think it's, personally for me, like way too hard to predict who, who's going to be successful out of those guys. But I would say my gut says Lawrence and Fields out of those two. With a I, Wilson as a distant fourth, for whatever reason, just I just don't like the the feeling around Zach Wilson and Trey Lance. I think it's kind of a, a boomer bust kind of thing. I, I totally agree, Joey. I think Justin Fields is more of a for sure pickup than Trey Lance or Zach Wilson, and I don't understand why more more teams won't go with the for sure thing. Yeah, I'd say oh, I'd say Fields has a way higher floor, and I think it's kind of what you alluded to. But I think that the appeal with Wilson is, oh, this guy can move. He has an absolute cannon. And Lance, obviously, we all know what his numbers were in his one full season as a starter. So I think the high end with each of those guys is maybe a little bit more appealing. But I'm with you. I think the the risk reward factor, in my opinion, favors Fields. Right, uh, Joey. I just got a text from Creighton. Did Kendrick Bourne just sign with the Pats? <sighs> 
I mean, come on. That's not like a game changer, but if it's true, it's... Oh, I don't, I don't know. Creighton just texted me that, and he just said, Kendrick Bourne, eye emoji, and I would kind of hate if the Niners lost him. Jeremy Fowler of ESPN said that they're working on a potential deal, uh, but oh. he's got multiple offers and still talking with teams, so not official from Sorry. what I'm seeing right here. Um, but again, I wouldn't, I, I don't think that's, I hope that's not it again. And I know that we're running out of money at a certain point. Um, but uh, that, that would definitely be a big step in the right direction. I'd say. Kendrick Bourne is a big help to the Niners last few years. He's also stayed healthy and played every single game he's been available. So that's just, just showing him some love. Hopefully he comes back to the Niners, but it'd be nice to see him in a Pats uniform as well. Sorry. Just thought I had some breaking news, but might be. No, no, it's worth, world. it's worth the attempt for sure. If we broke that on this show, that'd have been big time from our trusted source, Crady. But with that, we'll move into just the last topic of the hangover. We're running a little bit over time on our run now, but that's totally okay because we want to touch on the Myers-Leonard situation quickly. Uh, for those of you who don't know, he was on a live stream playing some video game, uh, excuse me, probably a little over a week ago now, used a terrible slur, and now he's been suspended for, I believe, a week and fined an amount of money and forced to go to diversity training and, and things like that. So I guess just, Ryan, what are, your, what are your thoughts on that situation? Do you think the Heat ha- the Heat and the NBA handle in the best possible way? Yeah, I think they did. And I think a lot of other athletes, uh, including Julian Edelman, handled it in the proper way. He wasn't he, – it wasn't trying to be malicious against that uh, certain group, but he did use a very ignorant racial slur, and so I'm glad that – Everyone handled it the way they did. Hopefully, he can learn from his mistake and not let that happen again. But it should never happen in the first place. And I just think it's important to, you know, bring it up. And so people are more aware of these types of situations because they're not okay. Yeah, totally. And it's just difficult, too. It's a tough look for him, given the fact that he was the one guy standing for the Heat uh, last year when the league resumed and the whole team was taking a knee and he chose to stand. And now this controversy comes out. So, it just sort of doubles it down on him and really makes him look bad. So it'll be interesting to see how he bounces back because he's carved out a solid enough career, but he's totally at the same time. If this stuff becomes an issue, then he's not going to be in the league much longer. It's that simple. He's not a guy that is talented enough that if there's questions about how he feels about certain people, that he's not going to get many more chances in the NBA. So hopefully this training and this discipline that was handed down by both the league and the Heat can can teach him uh, more and, and inform him because I think that's the most important thing. That's what we're all looking for in this day and age: just be more informed and more uh, knowledgeable about what to say, what not to say. And obviously, he crossed a line with his remarks. So, uh, with that, yeah. we'll now move into the forecast. Sticking in the NBA, we're going to be doing some trade deadline predictions because Ryan, there's I think it's a very interesting trade deadline because we don't have many superstars that might get moved, but you have a lot of really solid players that I think could benefit a championship contender down the stretch. And let's start with one guy that we know is available, could be on the move any second now, even with all the chaos going on in the NFL free agency. This guy could be hitting the open market, and that's LaMarcus Aldridge. Uh, The Spurs have already announced that they'll be parting ways with him, um, whether that's via trade or free agency. Still remains to be seen. But, Ryan, who do you think is a good landing spot for LaMarcus Aldridge? I think I'm going to go with the most obvious decision, and I think it's the Celtics, Joey. I don't know what you guys are going to hand him trade for him but you guys need a good big man and i think that's always been the celtics kind of uh achilles heel the last few years and i think he'd help a lot i think he'd be a better version of like a daniel tice obviously um if he knows his role i think he'd be very helpful for you guys because you guys have a lot of good defense already on the perimeter and but and i know your interior defense needs to get better but i think 
he would definitely help with offensively. Yeah, I don't hate it, and I think I've uh, you're definitely not the first one to to say that. Uh, but the thing that I have always looked for in Celtics big men is just like the ability to, to move, which sounds very simple. But I think you look at the team now, you got Tristan Thompson and Daniel Tice, who are both very active. Robert Williams, that's all he is, is active. He's everywhere at all times. Uh, even Al Horford and Aaron Baines could move pretty well, better than I think I expected each of them to. And I just think Aldridge is old at this point. He's talented. Uh, he's got a great offensive game that the Celtics definitely don't have in the front court. But I don't know if that's necessarily the type of big man that they might need. Um, yeah. But the team that I've heard linked to Aldridge a lot, and I'm not sure what exactly the connection is, but it's the Miami Heat. Um, and again, that would probably have to be through the buyout market. I'm not sure if they would have the, the salaries to match up to make a trade because, again, the Celtics will probably come up a few times throughout this due to the trade exception. It's a huge game changer to making any trade a lot more feasible. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the Heat will probably end up with them through the buyout market. I, that just seems to be the way it's headed. And I think they could use them. Um, I think they've got a good enough system in place. They know what they're looking to do, that, that if he can come in, play, you know, literally no more than like 15 minutes a game, but hopefully give them 10 points in that stretch. I think that's exactly what they would be looking for. And I think he could totally still provide that. Definitely. And Definitely. I guess that's where I look at I think the Celtics. The heat, I, think I think he'd be a bigger game changer to the Heat than he would be the Celtics. No, exactly. Like, I totally I, agree. Because I think if he goes to the Celtics, fans at least are for sure expecting a whole lot more than he can probably give them at this point. Whereas if he goes to the Heat, it's just like, all right, here, here are your 10 touches. Make whatever you can out of them. Um, and, and that's about it. So right. that's the first guy that we'll touch on here. Next guy, Ryan, is Harrison Barnes. He's on the Kings. The Kings have been struggling. They've had an up-and-down year, but... Rumor has it that a part of them still thinks that they can compete for a playoff spot, but obviously they're currently sitting 13th in the West, and that's behind a team like the Thunder, who we thought coming into this year were straight up tanking. So what do you think happens with Harrison Barnes, I guess is the first question. Do you think they hold on to him because he's still under contract for next year as well at a pretty good rate? So if they think this offseason they can really put it together and maybe compete next year, maybe they hold on to him for that reason. Uh, But what are your thoughts? Do you think they move him at the deadline? I think they try to move him as quickly as possible there's no reason to have him around he's not helping he's not the kings aren't going anywhere they might as well get off his contract and i understand it's a good contract but i think the kings try to get rid of him and then i'll just bring up again the team i just brought up i think the celtics would be a good trade whenever i do any research it seems like the celtics need another score coming off their bench and i think harrison Barnes could provide it to a certain point so joey would you want to see him with? Yeah, well, so, I guess we can sort of rope this into the next guy, too, and Jeremy Grant, because, yeah, again, like I you said, I, I think the Celtics are the, the hottest candidate for each of those guys, and I think it'll sort of come down to the asking price for each of them. Because for Barnes, I, I think that they have leverage there. I think that they could make a deal a year from now at the same time at the deadline for Barnes. Again, yeah. still not on a crazy deal at that point, and you could still get a good amount for him at that point. Maybe not quite as much as you can get now, but if you – really believe in yourselves and think that this offseason you can finally put it together again we're talking about the sacramento kings here so don't take my word for it but if they think that they can do that then you got a really good piece there he's not a superstar we know that he's not a 20 point per game guy we saw him try to become that in dallas and we saw how the efficiency dipped but he's a very good scorer he's been on great teams he's won a championship so i think he's a very valuable piece but i think the kings have a good amount of leverage with him whereas i think jeremy grant I think he could be more available um, just because we've seen him reach at least offensively heights that we never thought he was capable of. 
in half a year with the Pistons so far, but he's on a bigger, longer-term deal, and they're closer, or I should say further, from relevancy than the Kings are. But the right. Pistons still have no clue where they're going. And as, Grant, as great as Grant has been, how does he really fit into their long-term plans, considering it doesn't really seem to have much of a long-term plan at this point. So yeah. I think both of them are pretty similar, way more similar of players than I would have thought a year ago, given, like I said, the improvement in Grant's offensive game. Uh, but I, I would be more surprised to see Barnes move just mainly given the contract situation and where each team is at. Yeah, totally agree. I think I I, I think the Kings should get off him. I don't think the Kings know what they're doing. I don't think the Pistons know what they're doing. I don't know. Those both those franchises are just kind of sad, handing out money all the time to these big to these players. And Jeremy Grant was a head scratcher from day one, but who knows, Joey? He's been on. great though, which. Is like I, I guess I got to give him credit for that. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, well, now what? You're still the worst team in the East, even if he was a, a fringe All Star this year, right. and you still have to pay him for another whatever it was a three year deal, I think. I so, think four. Joy, I think it was four years. Am I? Oh no, you're right. It's three. It was like three ninety million or something. Right? Yeah. So, so what are you really doing there? Is my whole question. Sure, you you brought it the best of him. Great for you, but Dwayne Casey's probably going to be looking for another job at the end of this year. So I right. don't know. But I guess we'll move to the last guy that we have on this list. And I think probably the most intriguing guy, and that's Kyle Lowry. He's a free agent after this year. And there have been rumblings already that the the Raptors are taking his interests into account, which I think is important here because they're still in a decent position. I don't think anyone would pick them to win the title or anything like that. But they're 11th in the East right now with a few teams ahead of them that you would definitely say they're better than, at least on paper. So I think if they have a strong second half, they could definitely still get into the playoffs, maybe even win a playoff series in in an upset fashion. But the rumor is that maybe they're looking to to send him to a situation where he could truly compete for a title. So Ryan, what do you think happens with Kyle Lowry? Well, the two hottest teams I feel like that need the trades the most are the Celtics and the Heat. And I think the Heat would be a great landing destination for Kyle Lowry. He... Could be, I don't know, a starting point guard or a backup point guard, depending on what you want to do with Dragic. But I think he rely, he provides like good veteran leadership, a few points a game. And I just think the Heat needs some like uh, tinkering if they want to like build off what they did last year. So I think the Heat would be a good team. I don't know what they'd send. I'm not the GM, but I think the Heat would be a good landing spot for him. Yeah, I like the Heat um, for him as well. I think another one that we have to mention just because it's probably the hottest rumor. But again, for the ones that I'm saying, at least I have no clue how the salaries match up or anything like that. But the Sixers, um, he, he was a villain over product. Uh, they could definitely use another playmaker and his scrappiness, I'm sure, would be loved back in Philly. Um, so if they could find a way to pull that off, I think that would be amazing. Another one that I don't know if I've heard much about, but one that I like a lot is the Los Angeles Clippers. And again, Ooh. I don't know about the salaries or anything like that, but he, he's a perfect fit. We've been saying for months now how they need a point guard, but even more important than that, I think, is the Kawhi connection. He's already won a title with Kawhi. He's already earned Kawhi's respect. So if you can now have him go in there, be the point guard, run alongside PG and Kawhi, again, they've still got consistency issues. We can say it until you know forever, but... I think that if you get Lowry in there, that could go a long way towards fixing some of those problems that we talked about for the Clippers for a while. Yeah, totally. I totally agree. I didn't think about the Clippers. I just, I don't know how they'd make it swing. I don't know who they'd send, but Kyle, I would make the most sense for the Clippers because they need that point guard that we've been talking about for the last year. 
Yeah, I mean, it, I, again, I know Lou Will isn't making the most money in the world, but apparently they've been looking to ship him out for a while now. So if that's the centerpiece, uh, I don't know if, if they have any more first-round picks to give away, but if they could find a way to, then that would work for them as well. But yeah, just I think that's exactly what they need. It's what they've needed since the beginning of last year, and they didn't really address it in the offseason at all. Uh, I guess bringing in Ty Lue instead of Doc Rivers didn't really fix it too much either. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I think I think if they could find a way to get Lowry, that would go a long way for them. Um, Definitely. But Ryan, any other trade deadline comments you have? No, not really. I don't, I don't have much going on with the NBA. <laughs> there isn't much going on, honestly. We've definitely been focused on the brackets, I think, for a little bit here. And then obviously today with NFL free agency, that's right. at least dominated my headspace given all the things the Pats have done. But with that, Ryan, another thing that's dominating our headspace, because in a couple of days here, it is St. Patrick's Day. And we're here oh. in Boston, home of St. Patrick's Day, at least in the United States. Of course, Dublin is the real home of St. Patrick's Day. But Ryan, you want to do this. You're, I'm going to give you the lead on this one. I'll just hop in and, and reinforce yeah. whatever you say here. But you want to do the top five St. Patrick's Day things. So yeah. I guess this could be anything. So Ryan, you, you just take it from here. It could literally be anything, Joey. So I just started thinking about Hey, what are some things that come along St. Patrick's Day? And the first things that came to mind, I literally wrote them down in order. Joe, you can see them. No one else can. First thing came to mind without St. Patrick's Day, Conor McGregor. Joey, what what is that a St. Patrick's Day thing? Big Irish guy. One of the most famous Irishmen in the world. I don't know in if it's Africa. number one. I don't know if it's number one, um, to be honest with you. But okay, if well, you're thinking yeah. Irish and then you go McGregor, I mean, I, I can see that for sure. Um, but you know, for me, Irish, I go potatoes right away. It's potato, the potato famine. It's how they love potatoes all the way around. That's where I go first. But if you go McGregor, I can't knock that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that was the first thing that came to mind. Um, second thing to come to mind is pinching. (laughs) Yeah. This one, this one, I'm not sure about. Did you not, did you not like pinch each other when you were, uh, Oh, here, here she is. Here she is. Do you not pinch? People, when you were in middle school, Joey. Who, wait, who? What is this? This is this is Lily. I'm quarantining at Lily's place right now. Who's Lily? This is my girlfriend. Oh, yeah. Um, we're talking about top five Irish things, and I told her she can come in here. And what's 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 something? What's your top five St. Patrick's Day thing? Give me one thing. Uh, I'm talking about pinching right now, and I've already talked about Conor pinching. McGregor. <laughs> yeah, Lily, do you get pinching? Like pinching, did you not get pinched when you were younger? I mean, I wouldn't go out and pinch other people now. I'd say. I also Maybe. wouldn't associate that with being Irish or with St. Patrick's Day or anything. Wait, right. yeah, yeah. If you're not wearing green, like, yeah, like pinch me, I'm Irish. Or if you're not wearing green I on St. Patrick's think... Day, you pinch people. I got, I almost got kicked out of school in like third grade for doing it to too many people. <laughs> I think it's more of a saying, not an actual like call to action. Oh, really? That's well, what I've never... always interpreted as well. To be honest with you, Ryan. Oh, well, it was a call to action when um. My K through eight school, Joey. Uh, we had like a lot of memos sent out because like too many kids were pinching each other because they sort of explains green. a lot, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, it do, it does it does explain a lot, Joey. So pinching was the second thing came to mind. Um, Lily, well, wait before you move to the next one because I yeah. want to stick with St. Patrick's Day when we're when we're younger here because I think this next one's going to take quite a turn. Um, but how about catching the leprechaun? Was that a thing that you guys did? Put the what was it like the laundry basket down? And then you want to catch him, but if you catch him, you get like a pot of gold or something like that. I don't remember how it all worked, but it was it was along the lines of the Easter Bunny, Santa Claus, that kind of thing. Except it was the Leprechaun on St. Patrick's Day. 
I feel like maybe Ryan could speak on this because seeing as he is a redhead, maybe were there, mm. does this bring up some bad memories? Like, did anyone try to, you know, come no. after you? Put a laundry no. basket over your head and anything like that? No, not that never happened to me. Uh, okay. Lily has redder hair than me, so it's interesting that she's bringing Can you guys up. just stop with the flirting, like on the podcast, maybe? <laughs> I think it's, I think it's, I think we're fighting more than we're flirting. Okay. But that's kind yeah. of the same thing, though, at a certain point, isn't it? Yeah. When, yeah, when it comes to a certain point, you can't tell the difference, Joey. I yeah. don't you know what I mean, too, huh? You want you want to move with my number three? Yeah, let's hear your number three. Let's let's so, let's get this interesting here. So this is where it gets interesting. Um, Lily knows a lot about this. Uh, she has a <laughs> she has a good internship, but she gets sent a lot of this, and she's actually making a lot of drinks of this today. And it's whiskey. Uh, when I think of St. Patrick's Day, whiskey is one of the first things that come to mind. Irish whiskey, one would say. It's Connor McGregor's whiskey. So Irish. <laughs> is Irish, that the name Irish, of the brand? Joey, what's your favorite whiskey drink to get into oh, the holiday spirit? Jameson. Come on. Okay. Just shots of Jameson. Been in the factory. Come on now. Oh but, yeah. But I got I got to give you this though, Ryan. Like I'm with you. I love Irish whiskey. Come on. But we're not going Guinness here. We're just skipping uh, Guinness. I literally just thought of that when you said Jameson factory. I was like, I probably should have said Guinness instead. Did but. You? These were the first things that came to mind. I'm wearing my sweater from the Guinness factory right now. Did you go to the Guinness factory? Just the I did as well. I've actually been, t- I went twice within about two months or something like that. So it's pretty oh, wow. stupid. Oh. It's pretty stupid of me. And that yeah. is a flex, but it's not. Yeah. Okay. Congratulations, bro. You drink. Yeah. I mean, come on. It's legal over there. <laughs> it's legal in Ireland. Yeah. yeah. So we'll move on to my number four. We're blowing through this top five just because these are the first five things that came to mind. Um, number four is green, the color green. <laughs> what do you like about green? Um, Lily's favorite color. That's why you like it? Your favorite color, so you say, is a shade of green. Well, yeah, that's also my favorite color. What um, else has he been lying about, Lily? I do, who's to say? This is news <laughs> to me. Yeah, well, I thought green is your favorite color. It would be news to me if that's true. I don't oh. I don't recall. Well, I said green, Joey. Yeah, this is kind of crazy. Green, color of shamrocks, color of towels. The Chicago River. A Chicago oh, River. Oh, I wonder if they're going to do that. They just did it. Oh, they already did it? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's awesome. Well, green. If you're not wearing green, you're going to get pinched. I think these all interlap in some way. So I thought I thought of green, Joey. What do you, what, what do you think? Well, let's just say I wouldn't want to get pinched by Conor McGregor. Um, <laughs> but yeah, green is a good color. Um, What's your favorite color, Joey? My favorite color. You see, this is this is a tough one, but... Ryan, where, where am I from? Tell the people where I'm from. Um, oh, please don't tell. Uxbridge, you're from Uxbridge, Massachusetts. Okay, and and we're orange and black. So yeah. I mean, I just bleed orange and black. To be honest with you, I have since I was since I was a little kid. So I gotta go. I gotta go orange. But I mean, Lily, what's your favorite color? Um, well, you gave me you gave me a lot of flack when I told you it was black. Yeah, but I remember you said that black, was a bar. But... That was a bar. <laughs> <laughs> That was a bore. You could use it on uh you could use it on your next track, Joey. <laughs> Don't know what you're talking about. Um but Wait, Lily, so Lily, what's, what's, what's your color second if it favorite wasn't color? black? Because I remember you saying black, but I don't want to say black. Light blue, which yeah. I guess is more of a fourth of July vibe. Okay. So we got Halloween, you got me St. Patrick's, and then we got Fourth of July over here with Lily. So we got three holidays with our colors. Yeah, yeah you can't argue with that at all. Yeah. We're just we're yeah. I mean orange is a, the secondary St. Patrick's Day color, to be fair. Eh, is it you think yeah what else would it be? have you seen white. an irish flag recently yeah i've seen an irish flag joey but there's also right. white on an irish flag yeah but i think of white because like i have a green shirt with white on it i don't have orange on it no you have the orange hair 
exactly. There you One go. Chair. But Ryan, I guess let's just let's just hit number five on your list here because I think I this is the most important one. Yeah, being Irish is sick for a day because yeah. you know we burn a lot. We have freckles. I said I was bullied when I was younger because they said I had no soul, and that really, really hit deep for me, Joey. Um, and I'm I'm pretty Irish. Lily's also pretty Irish. Joey, you're also pretty Irish. Am I assuming? Oh, I'm very Irish. Yeah, yeah I passed for a Frenchman, but no, don't believe him. And I I wouldn't I would not I wouldn't for a second. Um, yeah, so it's a day where we just get to celebrate our um, paleness and our freckles and our red hair and have a good time together. So, yeah, And no one can tell us anything about it, huh? Yeah, no, literally nothing. I, guess, they all want I, I, I couldn't think on of one day. thing anyone could say to me where I'd get offended on that day. Yeah. No, I'm right there with you. And obviously last year was, it was a tough St. Patrick's Day. I think we're all oh. getting sent home by then already. And I think it was maybe the last day all the bars in Boston were still open because people didn't really observe the uh what at that time were recommendations i believe for social distancing and stuff along those lines so then they shortly after had to turn into requirements definitely yeah it's kind of a maybe for the last few minutes we just talk about how crazy it is a year ago today like covid was screwing our whole lives over yeah i mean you start well how how do we have lily start i got kicked out of my home the home that you guys call home now i moved out of my dorm building got kicked out Siblings had to come and save me. My St. Patrick's Day was so sad. Mm. Looking to come out better and stronger this St. Patty's Day. Make it worth the while. Got right. a whole year pent up, ready to go. <laughs> she has so much pent up anger. <laughs> I've been waiting since uh, March 17th, 2020 yeah. for this day. Yeah. Ryan, your thoughts? Uh, you know, man, it's, it's it's crazy. My one year ago today was uh, just like cleaning out the room. And uh, it's kind of funny. It was me and Pierce. We had nothing to bet on, right? So we were watching like indoor soccer in Australia on the TV and just going ham on the gambling. And um, yeah, so that's my one year ago today. Kind of a sad memory when I'm saying it out loud. It was funny at first, but now I'm saying it out loud. It's kind of depressing. So yeah, that's that was going on in my life. Yeah. Um, what about you, Joey? What were you doing? A year ago today, I think I was already home and, and locked up pretty much. Um, I think my one year ago yesterday was when I was moving out. Um, but, but Ryan, I always think back to getting that email. I was in your room and then oh. it's, um, it just turned into a celebration. It was, Oh my goodness. Cause at first it's just two weeks off of school or whatever it was. And March right. madness was set to get started just a couple of days later as, as we are right now as well. And it was just a, a celebration. Oh my goodness. We're going to sit around and watch March madness all day for the next two weeks. This is great. What could be better than this? And then maybe 48 hours later it was like oh okay never mind this is this is actually serious right yeah i remember joe you're on my story because when class got canceled i remember we start we literally started celebrating we're like oh my gosh it's gonna be so much fun it's gonna be like college with no school it's gonna be hanging out and partying and doing whatever we wanted all the time and then yeah one thing led to another things escalated which no one could have foresaw foreseen foresaw foreseen ah and sawing foresawing yeah Okay. Versace, Versace. Yeah, bro. Anyways, I don't know. Yeah. It's it's tough, but things are on the come up. Uh, by this time next year, hopefully, things are more back to normal. Uh, yeah. I don't know, man. It's it's sad, but it's sad that it took this long for, to get this good. But we gotta get there one day, huh? Oh, I mean, it's sad, sadder for a lot of other people, I think, than us as well, which we have to keep in mind as well. What would we miss out on? You know, I. A couple of weeks of gambling, like you said, whatever. 
but uh but obviously for some it's been a whole lot more tragic and more serious than that so you know right. we got to keep it in perspective i guess at the same time as well huh yeah well it's all it's all um it's what I'm relative yeah it's all relative joey right. so it's like to me that meant a lot someone else that meant nothing you know what i mean like and like missing saint patrick's day was tough like that was tough that was tough bro um yeah. i can hear it in your voice yeah well hey next time we have this show i think it's in your Monday face is what i said next time i can see it in your face is that what you're saying joey next Sorry. time we have this show <laughs> well i think marsh madness will be just ripping right now so oh yeah like during the time of the show maybe we can make like a live bet or something do something fun like that let's not get crazy now but yeah you're right it will definitely well the peak will be what thursday and friday of this week and then probably over the weekend as well right those will be when games are just going non-stop right um, so by then we'll, we'll definitely still obviously be exciting as march madness is exciting till the very end but um yeah the next the end of this week should be really the peak so hopefully yeah. we'll get some good storylines from those days that we can then talk about on monday at the very least Definitely excited, Joey. Um, we have a little group together, you, me, Jack, Jamal, Pierce, Skyler, Jamal, and Trevor. Uh, who do you think is the best bracket out of all of us? Um, well, again, I, I, I'm going back to the, the cop-out and that I think a lot of it comes down to uh, luck, to be honest with you. But I mean, but who's hey, the luckiest Ryan, out of all of us? I mean, well, well, I hate to say it, but Ryan, you're, you're the expert. Plus, as we've talked about, you're pretty Irish, and it's that time <laughs> of the year. So I don't know. Maybe it's you. Things are going to get scary. I don't know. What do you think? I, I mean, think, I, think I, yourself, the best one. Oh, I think okay. Trev, Trev watches a lot of uh, college basketball. I think Skyler definitely has the worst. Or, or Skyler the has the best. Yes. Yeah. And I wouldn't Either has the worst or the best. What do you think the wager should be? I don't know about that. I mean. Not wager, not wager, but like loser has to like. I know we've got a room on the line still. Oh, yeah. Good idea, Joey. I don't know. Because I, I won that last idea time. back in your head, huh? I did win that last time. Well, Ryan, we're running out of time. I don't want to get cut off here. So if you want to send us out, go ahead. Uh, from my quarantine to 603. Peace.